Abuse takes on many forms, from the scars that people can see to the ones that they can't. Are you ready to break free from what's keeping you from living the life you deserve to live? Welcome to Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa and her guests speak from personal and professional experience, and they will answer your questions and offer solutions to help you get on the road to your recovery. Now, here's Dr. Lisa Cooney. Hello, 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 beautiful beings. This is Dr. Lisa, and you are listening to Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything. And I'm coming to you pre-recorded and yet live from Costa Rica. Yes, my friends, all of you out there, I've been traveling all over the world, as you know. And I was just in Bali, then did a show, I believe, through actually in Orlando last week. And now I'm doing another show live from Costa Rica and yet pre-recorded. But I'm so excited to share with you my two guests that I have today. And I'm entitling this show... Uh, living Beyond Abuse and Living Radically Alive. And we have with us uh, Dr. Anthony Mathis and his son, Elijah, who are going to talk about their personal experience with the, the suicide of Anthony's wife and the suicide of um, Elijah's mother. And they're going to be an amazing, an amazing, an amazing discussion and story about what it's like and what it's been like for them, and how Anthony parented his children, his son. This is not his only child. He has two others. But also to bring forth Elijah's voice at the age of 14 right now, currently on his way to 15, and what it's like for him and the amazing being that I have witnessed and and known him to become in the last year to year and a half that I've known him. And I wanted to bring both their story, all of their story, to this show because I know out of the 15,000 of you out there all over the world that at least, you know, a few hundred of you probably know somebody that has committed to suicide, um, myself included, because I will share uh, some of that on this show as well, but also known for you out there, known someone that has committed suicide and probably have struggled with how to move beyond that when there has been no closure when it was such a shock and a surprise, and what do you do? And there's so many people that lives get stuck and they never get beyond it, they never move beyond it, and their whole life is destroyed by it. And this is a family who I love and adore and have come to love and adore just simply by their being and how they have supported each other in transparent ways and contributed, contributed to each other to move beyond such a loss and such a tragedy and and blossom in a way that most of us think is impossible when it comes to suicide. So that's my long and yet short introduction. So welcome, Dr. Anthony Mathis and Elijah. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks Hi. for having us. Thank you. Okay, so the first person that talked for you out there, that's Anthony, and the second one that talked, that's Elijah. <laughs> Just so you can get, get used to their voice voices. The other reason why, not reasons, so, so to speak, but I wanted them on the show because when we were just recently at um, the level two, three with the founders, co-founders and, co- and founder of Access Consciousness, Dr. Dane here and Gary Douglas, Gary had appealed to Elijah himself during the course to get his voice out there and actually write a book from the 14 teenager perspective of what it's like to move beyond the the suicide of a family member or parent and what his life has been like and what has he chosen since then 
and how his father has contributed to that and, 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 and. And I wanted you all to hear his voice. And I also wanted to contribute to that voice out in the world because this boy is going to write a book. So get to know his name um, because he's going to be famous someday. Right, Elijah? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I'm so happy, and thank you both for making time um, to be on the show with me here today. And so just to introduce the listeners to your story a little bit, um, and I'm going to appeal to you, Elijah, to to talk first. Tell us a little bit about um, what happened, um, how you became aware of your mother's passing, so to speak, and what's different about you since then. And wherever you want to go and wherever you want to start, go ahead. And then, Anthony, of course, however you want to interject and share, please do. Okay, perfect. So what do you got for us, Elijah? Mm -hmm. I was 10 years old when my mother committed suicide. And a day or two before, she had actually gone missing because she was going to do it. But she came back. And my mother did a really good job of hiding the the mental illness. She had bipolar, and she had a very, she did a very good job of of not acting the way that no, one normally would in front of me and my siblings. The, the worst thing that I would see was maybe her crying. When I'd ask her why she was crying, she would just be like, oh, I'm feeling sad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't really think much about it. But looking back now, you, it's like you you are now able to see the signs because you know what it is, but you know it's it's too late. But the day the day or two before she had gone missing, and then the day of she had, was missing again for obvious reasons, and and I, I just remember riding my bike around my pond in in front of our house. We live in a neighborhood with a little pond, and I was just riding around, and I was just thinking god i was like this is annoying i was like <laughs> man I was like, what the heck is she doing i was like this isn't like her you know she's usually you know with the family you know tell me about your day how is school mm-hmm. you know she was very cl- we were very close mm-hmm. and uh and i had come back from riding my bike and i was just talking with my little brother and then my neighbor called me over from his house back to my house and um, and I saw all these people that I knew. We saw our pastor, mm-hmm. and I saw family friends, and I saw my dad, and he was crying. And I I seen my dad, you know, shed a tear before, but I had never seen him crying like this. Mm. And uh, and I noticed that my mother wasn't there. Mm. And uh, and and before he even said it, I kind of had put two and two together and thought in my head like oh my god my mother is dead mm-hmm. and uh and then like the moment i thought it my dad just looked at me and my little brother and said your mother is dead and immediately you know i i wept and it was very distraught and and people were co- making phone calls to school letting me know i wasn't going to be there for the rest sure. of the week and uh people were trying to make me feel better and it was really weird because I almost did the opposite of what most kids would do. And it's like most kids, you know, they're just distraught with, with the, the grief and all they can do is just cry and in right. their room and stuff. But it was almost like all of my emotions had been shut down. So I was kind of just a zombie mm. and it was like, I would just react to anything that would happen. It was almost like I was 
I was blocking everything. And mm-hmm. uh, for example, I had got I had gotten my mother's laptop, and I was like, "Cool," and uh, and I like smiled at the fact that I had gotten her laptop. Mm. And I think it weirded out someone that was there. They were like, "Why is this boy smiling?" You know, his mother had just died. And um, well, hold on a second, Elijah. I think that's really an important one. Thank you for all that you're sharing. But that's a really important point that I just want to mention for everybody out there. So everybody that's listening right now on Voice America, and also all of us, the three of us, Anthony, Elijah, and myself, let's just expand our energy as space, which is an access consciousness tool. 500 million miles up, down, right, left, front, and back. And let's all breathe and take a moment because suicide is a very heavy energy. And what what Elijah is talking about is actually shock. And shock is a prerequisite, so to speak, for post-traumatic stress disorder. And what Elijah is talking about when he was riding around the pond energetically, he already knew that something was going on, that something was different. And as soon as he saw his father and the tear that he shed, right there the body energetically communed um, with his father, with all the people around, letting him know that something was different and essentially letting him know whether his conscious mind was aware of it, that his mother was gone and that she had died, in fact. And the affect that he's talking about in relation to receiving the laptop of his mother's and the quote-unquote what the world and society and that person that you said might be weirded out reacted to was his smile. But his smile is actually a very common experience in shock and in post-traumatic stress disorder where the body actually is searching like a computer searching for a file that it can't can't find and the old hourglass that would say, file not found, file not found. But the smile is not inappropriate. It's actually the way the mind and the body functions together so that we all don't end up in a straitjacket in an institution. And so mm-hmm. it's very normal. But the, but the reality of people looking at him, looking at you, Elijah, and their eyes on you because they don't know what to do, they don't know how to respond to you, and they don't know how to actually give you the space, which I know your father did, give you the space to be in the laughter and the smiling that you still had something of your mother. For all of us out there that have never had this explained to us with those that have been around us that have killed themselves and committed suicide, myself included, because I've been through a lot with other people in my life regarding suicide. Let's destroy and uncreate that right now. And let me let you know firsthand that your response and your reaction, no matter what it was, and if it was inappropriate to anybody else's, was just their judgment and had nothing, nothing, nothing to do with you. Everything that brings up and lets down, let's destroy and uncreate it. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So, Anthony, I noticed you were you were noting um, what I was saying. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, when the boys came back into the house from being at the neighbors, it's, you know, I guess they saw me crying, and I just sat them down, and I just said, Mommy's gone. And, um, you know, and I don't, you know, it, it was very emotional, a lot of people around, but, you know, I kind of just presented it in such a way where, you know, her brain was sick, all the lights inside of her brain were moving too fast. Mm-hmm. And I told them right from the get-go, I, and, and I said, Mommy took a lot of medicine so she can go to sleep and not have to wake up. And, you know, and so I just explained it to them right from the beginning. And one of the other first things that Elijah did before he even got to the laptop was he actually went to the calendar 
mm-hmm. in her house. And he actually wrote down, Mommy went home. Wow. That just gave me chills. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was pretty amazing. And so it was like somehow he knew that. Um, wow. Yeah. Somehow he knew that, you know, from our point of view, a lot of people said that, well, that was the wrong choice and how can she do such a thing? But, you know, from our point of view as a family, she, she felt like she was going to keep getting sick. And she was also raised by a woman who was chronically depressed, who also committed suicide, her mother. Mm -hmm. And she did not want to put the kids through that. And she didn't want to put me through that because she even said it to me the day before you and the children don't deserve to live this way. You need to move on. And, and I said, listen, I will deal with one bad year for five good ones because she remained sane, sober and stable for five, five and a half years and without meds. And, um, Mm -hmm. So, but I knew when she got sick this time, I knew for sure that, um, that she end. blew some, fu- she blew some fuses with this mm-hmm. one and she took herself out because she wanted to set us free. And I know that that was her point of view. And I know she also wanted to get out of her body because it wasn't working the way that she thought it would. And, um, and the way that it had been. So, so it was like Elijah writing that was like, mommy went home. Like, it's like she went to a better place, whatever that is, you know? And I thought that was one of the most beautiful things. I want to get back to that in a second, but I want to run, just excuse me for interrupting. I want to get back to that in a second about Mommy Come Home. But I also want to say, for any of you out there, anybody that you know out there that's listening to the show or anybody that you know that is contemplating suicide or that you know may be contemplating suicide or that you know is depressed, I want you to know that there is help out there. And there are people that you can talk to that you actually can choose if you choose, and if that's your choice to, to take your life, but there's also, um, another choice as well and no judgment, no, no expectation. But if you are struggling right now, I guarantee if you call up 911 right now and call your crisis center and speak to somebody that will also be helpful. And I just wanted to put that on the show right now. This is a, this is a different story that we're coming to you from. This is what this one woman one woman's choice was in this family and how this family has dealt with it. And at the same time, um, I am of the belief that if you do choose uh, to leave this reality, you are going to come back dealing with some of the same things over and over again. So maybe, maybe, maybe just give yourself a little bit more space before you make that final choice and see what else is possible. There are so many more tools available, and it's actually one of the reasons why I created the show, Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything, because I, too, witnessed somebody that I knew. I knew, and I loved him so much. I knew the last time that I saw him that he was going to kill himself, and I walked up to him, and I said to him, do you know, here is my number, no matter what, you call me. No matter what happens, no matter what you do, no matter what you choose, you call me and you give me that opportunity to help. And he promised me he would and he didn't. And he did kill himself. And I will never forget that. And it took me a very long time to rid myself of the guilt and the wish and the hope and the longing for those eyes that I saw him look back at me at when I knew he had already made the choice to end his life. So I'm just appealing to you all out there that we are still here and there's many of us here that are willing 
to offer the possibility of another choice if you're willing to pick up the phone and call 911 or call the crisis center or speak about what's going on because whatever is plaguing you is not you. So everything else that that brings up and lets down, let's destroy and uncreate it. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Now, Elijah, I have a question for you now. When you were riding around the lake before you knew, when you were questioning whether your mother, you know, what was going on, this is so weird, did you know that she had already gone? Truth. Um, In your soul. I I didn't. I actually Mm -hmm. thought because she had come back the other day, Mm. I actually believed that she was going to be fine and she was going to come back. So that's in your mind, but in your body, in your knowing, your perceiving being, knowing, receiving being that you truly be, did you know that she was gone? And I'm just asking. I don't know. That, I'm not looking for anything. It could be the same answer. Um, no, I, I truly believed that she was coming back. Okay, good. Good. And when you got there and saw your dad's tears and everybody making phone calls and the pastor and everybody there when you had her laptop in your hands what was that smile really saying it was you're right it was just it was more of a coping mechanism than anything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah good so all the coping mechanisms that we all judged as wrong or the society judges as wrong, like denial or whatever, can we just give them some space and thank them and be grateful for them? For all the children that have lost their mothers, for all the partners and husbands that have lost their wives, for all the wives that have lost their husbands, for all the children that have lost their mothers and, and all the mothers that have lost their children, for all the fathers that have lost their daughters and sons and all the daughters and sons that have lost their fathers. Can we all destroy and uncreate the fear, the trauma, the drama, the conflict, the devastation, and the loss to all of that? Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Anthony and Elijah, what's your mom and wife's name? Jessica. Jessica, just so I can put her memory out here and not just saying her. Jessica's uh, choice to leave this reality and what that was like for them and how they've coped and literally beyond cope, beyond thrival, like beyond survival, literally chose to make a difference, which is the target of this show, is how they've taken tragedy and regurgitated it literally into success and the blossoming of their family in a way that I've never seen possible before but always knew is possible. And I want to gift that to all of you out there. Uh, but before we get fully there, I want to go back a little bit to a little bit about what we were talking about on break. And Elijah, what do you want kids to know at 10, at 11, at 12, at 13, at 14, and even at the age of your younger brother and your younger sister about the death of a loved one, suicide of a loved one? What would you tell them if um, you could speak to them? It, it's kind of hard to formulate the words. Um, You're doing fine. Take when, your time. when they when I walked in the door, and and I just put two and two together, and just mm-hmm. you know that stomach drop. 
and uh, you know you just know you know you you kind of want to know why and and Gary Douglas said this at the Florida class is that the the best gift that my dad ever gave me was the truth right from the get-go and I feel like I don't know whether this is more geared towards the kids or the parents but the truth is always is always the best thing it's you know so there's no mystery and no secrets nothing to drive you insane you just know Hmm. that's beautiful Hmm. Elijah and Anthony that's beautiful too just just Tell us about that. Tell the world about that, about why you decided to tell the truth and not make up a story. Well, you know, my point of view at the time was that uh, I didn't want them to hear bits and pieces from family members and bits and pieces in the streets, you know, or at school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were always like a tribe. You know, I always likened our family to like a Native American tribe that lived in a a small teepee. (laughs) And uh, we were very close. And so I felt like they needed to know it was just to me it wasn't even a question and even my my father is like they don't need to know that they don't need to know this and I'm like why not <laughs> it's that's the truth and so my family kept secrets from me to protect me and all it did was create more fear right and so I wanted to explain to them at the level that I knew they can understand what went on with her and 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 help to at least, you know, create this, this space of like, oh, of like knowing this, of like, okay, you know, mom made this choice, she was struggling, but she wants us to move on, she wants us to commit to our life, to our living, and she still wants us to remain a tribe, like we've always been, and, um, and, and, you know, and I kind of use it as like, you know, this is a time in our lives for to step up even more, and we're going to go through hard times, it's going to suck, for a long time. This is not something that you get over. I mean, I just said it how I felt that it was, just straight up, you know? And um, and, and I really love I'm that like, about you, and, and that's what I've most connected about you. I mean, you're, you're from, you grew up in Jersey, I grew up in New York, and you're telling yeah. me about the, the, the family and living by secrets. My family, you know, part of my story, always lived by secrets. And I remember being a kid, looking at the secrets alive between my mother and father, and knowing that they were lies, but the, and knowing that I had a truth inside of me that was different than that, but then div, like dissociating myself from that truth and believing their lies, obviously until I became an adult and changed that. But I think that is the greatest abuse in our society, and that's why I wanted you guys on the show, and I want to support and contribute to, to you both and your family as much as possible, because I believe in what you chose beyond a shadow of a doubt. I believe it as one of the greatest ends to abuses on this planet is the secrets and lies that we keep are the greatest destruction of people and their possibility and their brilliance on this planet. So thank you for that, Anthony. And thank Thank you you for giving Elijah and Vincent and I forget your daughter's name right now. That's okay. Aria? Aria, that's right. I was going to say Ariel, like the, the but uh, Aria. The mermaid. Uh, the little mermaid, right. She is just a little mermaid. I remember her wearing the little mermaid yeah. outfit. And thank you for giving those children what you have, these children, what you have given them in the truth. Because the child in me and the child that I, and the children that I do this show and all my work for and all the world, 
That's what I'm appealing to, is for all of us to move beyond the abuse, get out of the secrets, get out of the limitations, get out of the lies, and just be transparent. Because that will bring the breath of fresh air to raise a movement beyond abuse in this reality and maybe even beyond the stigma of mental illnesses like bipolar leading to just suicide in this reality. So everything and anything that doesn't allow that to be, let's destroy and uncreate it for the right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. And thank you, Elijah, for saying that because the truth really is everything. I remember when my my cousin went through breast cancer and had the double mastectomy and all that stuff and her mother, our aunt, died when we were very young of that and she had three children, seven, four, and three and she was really honest with them from the beginning and told them from the beginning and I was there through the whole time and I remember with our aunt, we didn't get the truth. And how my cousin Tara made that decision that no matter what, no matter what it was going to be, she was going to tell them the truth. And I remember before she went into her double mastectomy that she called us all in and she talked to us one by one by one, her children, her husband, me. And and she just told us how much she loved us. And if she didn't make it through, she wanted us to know you know, X, Y, Z, and how much she loved us and how she appreciated us. And it was the greatest gift she could have ever given me and her children. And so I value that beyond anything. And I think I've said that ad nauseum now. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you. And thank you. And for all the people out there that have desired the same thing, that this is bringing up emotion for, that is bringing up tears for, that is bringing up some resentment or rejections or regret, all I want to tell you is the people that you are perceiving that energy with did the best that they could do at the time. And it's 2015 now, and there's a different energy on this planet. And I, I ask you and implore you to join this movement, the Beyond Abuse Revolution movement. I ask you to take a look at accessconsciousness.com. I ask you to look up um, Dr. Anthony Mathis, his son. They do amazing sessions during these classes and inside and outside of the classes, as does Anthony I encourage you to, to look myself up and people that do the work that we do because we are the voice of a new reality and a reality that can move people beyond abuse, that do move people beyond abuse, and that actually do move people beyond mental illness and choosing destruction in their lives and suicide. We are all here choosing consciousness, and all of us have a story just like you do, and none of us are unscathed in this reality. But there is support, there is contribution, and we are here. So, in case you didn't think anybody else was out there, I'm telling you now, that's a lie. Right, wrong, good and bad, bottom puck, all yeah. nine, shorts, boys, and beyonds. So, Elijah, tell me what it was like being the oldest of three um, when your mom killed herself. What was that like for you when you knew the uh, truth in the way that you did that could probably understand it a little bit more than maybe a little bit more than your younger sister and younger brother? Well, I, at the time and maybe even a little bit now, I have a closer connection with my brother because we've known each other since forever. I can't remember a time without him. But I remember the day that my sister was born and it's it's a different energy I have with my sister. While me and my brother have more of the joint at the hip 
feel. Mm. Me and, two and a half years yeah, we're only two and a half years apart. While I'm eight years apart from my sister, oh. there's a much different feel. My sister was only two years old at the time, uh-huh. so she could barely talk. Mm-hmm. And um, she knew, but yeah, she she definitely knew. How did she know? And, How do uh, you know that she knew? What did she know? For all well, the other two-year-olds inter- that, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, For all the other two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually quite profound. I mean, uh, the day that my neighbor handed the keys to me, she's like, here's Jessica's keys. And Aria at the time was two and a half. And she goes, where's mommy? But in a sad voice. Mm-hmm. And I just said, mommy went to heaven. And she said, no, no, like that. And she started to cry. And then, then we went into the house and we walked by a picture of Jessica and she looked at her and she said, I don't like her anymore. It was wow. like she went through the grieving process, all the stages of grieving, like within 24 hours. And then the next day, she walked by a different picture, picked it up of her with her mother. She kissed it, hugged it. And then she looked at me. She's like, you're not going to go to heaven too now, are you, daddy? Oh. It was like she knew. And, and, and from the day she was born, Lisa, she never slept in her crib we cannot get her to get her cry herself to sleep it was like somehow she knew she was on borrowed time with her mother she literally slept underneath jessica's armpit uh, all the way up until the time jessica passed away and like she never would sleep alone and so i i i I even you know and i used to even say to myself what does aria know that I don't know. What is she aware of? I remember saying that, and this is long before the tools of access, because because I said I feel like my daughter is acting like she has abandonment issues, mm. and like our our marriage was wonderful while she was in utero. Jessica had not been in the middle of an episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, life was better than it had ever been. So mm-hmm. it's like wh- I'm thinking, why is my daughter acting like she uh, like she's got abandonment issues? Like there was um, strain wow. in the marriage while she was in utero and all that. And I'm, and then now I know, looking back, I believe that she knew. She knew that Jessica was only going to be around for a few years, and she wanted to be as close to her mom as possible. So, so I really want to just note this for a second, Anthony. Thank you for that. It's really, really beautiful. So all of you out there, because again, like I, I keep saying, there's 15,000 people that listen in so many different countries, and I know what you're speaking to about Elijah, and we'll get to Vincent in a moment, and Aria specifically right now. I know, I can feel it, that there are people that know this too. So all of you that have ever, ever were born with this abandonment issue, as Anthony's saying, knowing that you were on borrowed time with your mother or your father or your grandmother or, who, or your brother or your sister or your twin or whoever that has passed away, that did kill themselves, whatever it is, just know that you were right. Just like Elijah's talking about, about the importance of truth, I really want to acknowledge here that you were right about the knowing that something was going to end. And that there was a loss there. And I want to acknowledge that sadness because acknowledgement, and everybody listening to me on this show knows that I always say, if you acknowledge what it is and you stop the secret and you stop the lie, 50% of the problem is solved. Acknowledge what is. You know, you guys don't know this, but I'm telling you now, Anthony and Elijah, that the, the totem for my business, the Beyond Abuse movement, is, is a pink elephant. And there's a joke in psychology about, you know, everybody's stepping around the pink elephants that's shitting and farting and vomiting (laughs) in the center of the room and it stinks and no one's even looking at it and just be like, yeah, the weather is fine today. Everybody's all good. Let's just play, you know, but 
that's the totem of my movement is like, no, we're going to look under the carpet. We're going to look at what stinks. We're going to look at what's going on, you know, and we're going to confront those hard issues, even though it makes us completely and terrifyingly uncomfortable, because if we can walk through it and deal with it, it'll take 10 minutes versus 20 something years of therapy to get beyond something you can't get beyond because you've buried it so far underneath the carpet. So everything that that brings up and lets down, let's destroy and uncreate it. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and mounds. And all the causal incarcerations, incarnations, where you keep it alive again, the denial. Inculcations, you keep blending it so that you never get to the bottom of it. Incongruities and inconsistencies of the persona that you created that never is who you really be. So that you can incantate, hypnotize, and invocate a prayer of who you be that isn't ever who you be. For all of eternity, let's destroy and uncreate that. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine chores, boys, beyonds. Now's the time, my friends, to be transparent, to be real, to look at what's happening, just like the Mathis family is doing, and say, no matter what we're faced, we're going to deal with this together. Just because part of the tribe decided to check out does not mean the entire tribe has to leave. All of these children, Elijah, Vincent, Aria, and, and Anthony as the head of this household, even Jessica has contributed to who they be in this reality, making, making the greatest possibility of a tragedy beyond this reality. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So she did know, and how brilliant is she? And Elijah, whether you remember or not, you were talking at the break, writing on the calendar, Mommy's home now. You did know something. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what Vincent knew. What can you tell us about that, Anthony? Well, you know, I remember, you know, if I remember this correctly, Vincent even said to me, he's like, I knew mommy wasn't going to be here forever. Because he said he used to have dreams about her always dying and stuff like that. Wow. So, And it was interesting because he also was very clingy to to Jessica. And I could never understand why, you know. And so he to this day he's like i knew mom wasn't going to be here now he'll tell me he's like yeah dad you're going to be an old man you're going to be an old fart you know? <laughs> he's like you're going to be around i go yeah probably a lot longer than you want me to i'm sure but uh mm-hmm. but uh but yeah is he somehow innately knew too and um and he was also the one who um would always wake up in the middle of the night and want to sleep, you know, between Jessica and I. I mean, gosh, I think he was nine years old before, you know, and he was after she passed away. But, um, mm. uh, yeah, you know, he knew, too. So it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. I knew, too. I just didn't think she'd pull the trigger that early. I, you know, I thought if it was something that was ever going to show, it, it would be like once the kids grew up because she used to talk about how she couldn't wait to raise them in a much different way than she was brought up. And she was looking forward to being a mom when Aria was a teenage girl. She was looking forward to when the boys hit puberty and talking to them about the birds and the bees. So she always talked about the future. So that's why it really came as a shock when she chose what she chose, because I knew at the very least, or I thought. Can I ask you a question, Anthony? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but did she choose you? as the future that she would never live, but then created it through you and the marriage of you bringing those children in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So she yeah. actually did create the future. And she did get and to you see know it, what? but it's those, through your eyes. But, but also so did Elijah, 
because um, Elijah was eight months old when I met Jessica. So I've adopted him mm-hmm. and, um, you know, while we were together. But it was interesting, like our first date, she I invited her and Elijah to come. He was eight months old at the time to this metaphysical book club I was doing about how the mind affects the body. Mm. And I had held Elijah. And I in that moment, I'm like, holy crap, this kid is choosing me to be his father. Yeah. And his his biological father wasn't in the picture, but it was like, yeah, Jessica chose it, but I think Elijah chose it too. Absolutely. And, um, well, you know, Gary you always know. talks about this, and uh, Khalil Jaban, if I said the name correctly, he writes about this in one of his poems about children. We bear them, and they are of our body, but they are not of us, and they choose us. So Elijah totally. chose you. Vincent chose you. Aria chose you and how amazing are they and how amazing is Jessica that she chose you too and was the the conduit the hollow reed for what you all are choosing now but you all had but you all had a a choice in this none of none of you escaped choice you all agreed so there's no victims here and there's no perpetrators here there's only choice Absolutely. Everything and anything and that big, makes everybody not believe what I just said and listen to this part over again, right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, short, <laughs> and not even believe what I just said, but see the possibility that I'm speaking to is more accurate, right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys and beyonds. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, like in saying what, what you just said, it's like I knew that in my mind before, but now that I know that I know that I know that. And when that showed up for me was a few weeks ago at, at, at Dr. Dane Here's SOP class, Symphony of Possibilities. And that was actually the first time where I actually perceived the presence of Jessica. Hmm. And 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 i be- i believe that what she was demonstrating to me was she, she was reminding me how, of how intense the illness was and and what she had shown me was that the the symphony of possibility that particular tool and the bars of access consciousness she said the energy of that work actually matches the energy of of the bipolar and it's the only thing in this reality that i can actually shift it and change it now, I can't prove that to you scientifically right now, but it, that was what she was making me aware of. And I went and I, and I cried for two and a half hours because mm-hmm. it was like, boy, I'd give anything to have been able to be able to utilize these tools with her, you know, at the time. But like you said, I believe that she led she led our family to this body of work that literally has changed our lives, but also has the possibility to change many people's lives, especially you know, anybody and everybody, but especially those with mental illness. Absolutely. Elijah, like I know that you come with your dad to the Access Consciousness classes. Do you guys know when your next class that you're coming to is yet? Um, I know my dad, or my dad knows what his is, but since it's the school year, um, I won't be able to do many f- during the school year. But next summer, I'm going to be all over the place with my dad. Okay, cool. So I want you all to know that because when... Both Elijah and Vincent um, um, do sessions. They run bars and they do body processes during classes. So when he is outside of school, um, if you're not in the Hilton Head, South Carolina area, those two boys, in addition to their father, very different sessions but amazing, can really take your body and you beyond this reality. So I want you to look them up and I want you to keep their names on your radar because you're going to be seeing more and more and more of them. And Anthony, I know that you're 
around and accessed quite frequently. So anybody that wants to get sessions with you is more available um, than the kids right now because we want definitely want the kids in school. <laughs> <laughs> but I want yeah, to put that awesome. information out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and I'm saying we're also looking on the at the access possibility school too because if I start traveling more, I'd like to take them with me. Like I said, we're a tribe, and and we may, you know we're considering the online homeschooling program where uh, you know not only can I travel and work and and you know try to help people, but the children can be part of that as well. That's right, and I haven't talked about that on the show yet, but yes, everybody out there, there is an access possibility school that has just been created, and they've been demo testing. Um, the programs and their certified teachers. And I believe it goes through kindergarten through eighth grade. Am I correct? Yeah, so far. Yep. So far, kindergarten through eighth grade is accredited. So you may want to take a look at that access possibilities on the Access uh, Consciousness website for a different type of schooling if your child um, isn't doing, you know, so well in the mainstream classes. They may do significantly and exponentially um, Better, let's say, if they're actually taught through the brilliance and the energy and the knowing that they have beyond this reality and get accredited to from this reality. It's, it's a great, it's one of the great things that Access Consciousness does for this world is just like bring different possibilities to bring children uh, into the world through their phenomenons and their brilliance and not just the regurgitation of um, textbook information. So... On a side note, let's talk about bipolar for a second. Fun, fun, fun. Now, in this society, um, bipolar uh, is, and as a psychologist and as a marriage and family therapist, you know, I've dealt with a lot of uh, people who have been dual diagnosed as bipolar, let's say. And it's generally characterized as a mental disorder that there are periods of elevated mood and also periods of depression. It can be mania or hypomania or depression. Anyway, there's a little bit of a psychosis involved. Um, what yes. I personally have seen with people that are bipolar, and you may, you guys may know this more than me since you were living with somebody, um, is that there is a high level of intuition and empathy and otherworldliness yes. um, intuition that has been noted in this reality as psychosis and never acknowledged as possibility and greatness. And, and I have found that a lot of people that I've dealt with with bipolar, once I've acknowledged some of their capacities and their greatness outside of the diagnosis, I've actually been very successful working with people off of their medications through what I'm speaking to about acknowledging what they're saying and what they're believing and what they're knowing as not a psychosis but a capacity. Um, now, I'm not saying get off your medication, everybody out there. I'm saying this is a very specific treatment protocol that I have worked with psychiatrists, with psychologists like myself, and in treatment centers, and it's been very successful. And a lot of people that I've dealt with with bipolar also have a significant amount of abuse that they've never dealt with or never acknowledged. And once that's dealt with and acknowledged and all the pieces and parts of them come back, they don't have a psychosis anymore. Believe it or not, there is healing beyond diagnosis so everything that brings up and lets down a little pet peeve here right wrong good and bad pot and pock all nine shorts boys and beyond so what do you guys know um about bipolar in this reality that's different than what this reality would classify it as 
Well, the biggest thing is, you know, it's if, if my wife could heal the earth and make sure that everybody was fed and had proper clothing and, and a roof over the top of the, you know, their heads, uh, she would have done that. And um, she was one of the most intuitive, creative, brilliant people I've ever met in my life. And it was like she knew things before that they were even going to happen. She knew things about people before they even acted in such a way. And and uh, her awareness, especially in the middle of an episode, it was what made it really difficult was that a lot of the things that she would say or see or perceive, it, it was she wasn't wrong. Uh, but yet there was that element of the hypermania part of it <laughs> that made it a little bit off. So, but she was incredibly psychic in so many ways. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and then, and then what was interesting and then when, when the tides would turn and then she would, uh, the depression would kick in, um, it was like, it was like she took on the sadness of the whole world mm. and, it it was just one of the most profound it was just to sit back and watch it unfold before your eyes was just incredible mm-hmm. and um it's one of the most <laughs> i've never just seen anything you know so and and the, and when it was good the, like when you would call the mania part good it was like she would become this um this c she would act like this powerful CEO of like a major corporation <laughs> like it, it was just an interesting thing to 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 sit back and observe and um mm-hmm. I don't know but she was just super brilliant it seems like a lot of people have this are really creative mm-hmm. uh they're brilliant and they're highly intuitive like just like you said mm-hmm. and she was all those and Elijah what do you um remember most about your mother Oh man, that's a difficult question. There's so many things. Um, well, what's the first or second or third that comes to mind? The first thing that probably comes to my mind was probably her goofiness mm. and her her allowance of yes, when she was, uh, you know, she was she was willing to be funny and goofy. Whenever, even when she was in public or when she was next to, you know, people from the church or whatever, she was always willing to have fun and she was, you know... Always willing to be herself. Yeah. And be different. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, and and the, the second thing was, you know, she didn't... She didn't go out at night to go drink and she didn't... She didn't, you know, she, she was always, like, we were always, her family always came first, you know. Wow. And that, that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, like, arts and crafts. And she, she was a, she was one of those crazy prodigy piano people who just knew how to play when they were, like, four years old as well as, like, professionals. She was amazing at that and you know she would play for us and that, and I think that's probably what what made me want to start playing mm. and get into music you know kind of following the footsteps mm-hmm. and um you know it was just you know she she was always close and she she always wanted to do things as a family and and what do you attribute like um because you sound so strong and you're so aware and you're so secure in yourself 
as I listen to you and, and be around you, and a lot of people that have lost a parent to suicide or lost any, any anybody to suicide really is devastated and doesn't get beyond it. You know, the you don't know this maybe, but the psychological research says it takes at least ten years uh, to get over the the full effects of a death of a suicide. And here you are, four years into it, and I'm not really hearing anything from you that, um, besides the initial that you talked about, like the, the trauma, I'm not hearing that with you. So what do you, what do you attribute that to within yourself about um, being able to move beyond and choose greater and choose beyond the tragedy? Well, I'll admit, it wasn't all smooth sailing. Starting around middle school and sixth grade, I really, like, not in, like, horrible ways. Like, you know, I didn't, like, do, I, I still haven't, I've never, I've never done drugs or anything. But, you know, I, I, I just allowed myself to get distracted incredibly easily. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, How did that manifest for you, the distraction? Like what? The grades. My grades started to slip very much. And, like... Mm-hmm. My my mom was ve- my my grandfather was very strict to my mom mm-hmm. about grades and she was you know she was kind of strict about it like she wanted like not in a mean way but she you know she just expected the best from us not necessarily the best grades but just the best we could do mm-hmm. and I just started to to not it it wasn't not caring it was just being unaware about it and you know you I wasn't your, yeah I got apart. you do you consider yourself more aware um today about life in a different way than people your age yeah mm-hmm. and, yeah. and how is that for you in school now and in social um, situations now well I feel like the the thing I've come to learn is to look more about it in a big picture mm-hmm. than the small picture and while I do not love school because of all the stuff that I've learned I definitely don't um I've just learned it's just a stepping stone to get to where I want to get mm-hmm. and where do you want to get dear I can't really tell you exactly I just know how it's gonna feel and it feels good it's like a warmth it's like a really warm blanket. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so important uh, to get to children out there today and teenagers out there today. And, you know, I, I'm a little bit older than you, Elijah. So I was born in 1969. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had that warmth, too. And back in the early, you know, later 70s, early 80s, I remember staring out my bedroom window in New York and being and watching the people walk to the train station to go work in the city the women the men their suits the women would have their sneakers and trainers on and their their heels in the briefcase and nobody had a smile on their face and I promised myself that no matter what I was going to do in this life that I would smile and it was because of that warmth that you talked about I didn't know how it was going to manifest I didn't know how it was going to actualize but I've always led true to that my entire life these entire 45 years and I applaud what you just said and I, and I implore all the teenagers out there, as well as all the adults out there, go for the warmth. Go for what you know it's going to feel like and how good it's going to feel. Because what's light is right, what's warm is good, and as long as you're following that, 
Providence will move through, move to, and everything will be good for you. So anything and everything that doesn't allow that to be, let's destroy and uncreate it. Right, wrong, good and bad, yes. pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Elijah, I know that you're going to make a huge difference in this world. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in any way and anyhow that I can be a contribution to you, your brother, your sister, of course you, Anthony, your father, anytime you want to come back on the show, anything that I can do to contribute to that for you. You please let me know at any time. We are coming to the end of our show. So I want to kind of give the last words to both of you. What do you want to let people know out there about somebody that they know that may be struggling with bipolar and that may have killed themselves or maybe in a depressive or a manic phase or maybe institutionalized or, you know, may have never been able to be who they were supposed to be for them. What would you, what would your, be your words of wisdom, final words of wisdom to them for this time in these 10 seconds now? Who do you want to go first? I don't care. Whoever. All right. I'll let Eli go ahead. Um, to the, to the children that have lost a parent or, or a family member or a significant other, um, meaning like, you know, f- family friends or whatever, and you lose them to that, don't think, you know, was it me? What did I do wrong? Because it's, not, it's mm-hmm. not that. It was their own personal issues, and it's, you should never blame yourself for it. And if you talk, talk to whoever you can, I mean, I'm not talking about anyone on the street, but talk to your family or your friends, like close friends, not any friends. Um, you know, talk to them about it. You know, learn more about the situation learn about what happened because it, it does it, it it brings you um what what's the word it it brings you you know it just makes you feel better to know what happened um you know what i what i would say is to those people that are struggling with mental illness and and people who've lost somebody to mental illness and or suicide is that you know there is hope there's hope for a better life and you know being a, a holistic chiropractor i've studied a lot of modalities out there and i've i've been through a lot of spiritual walks i've had a guru i was a christian or i am a christian and and i studied metaphysics and i've done it all but i've never come across tools like the tools i have with access consciousness and truly uh the bars has really saved my family's life literally it's helped us to get through the depressive times and the times of grieving the times of anger Mm -hmm. and when those things would show up and rear their ugly heads it would be like okay it's time to run each other's bars and we would run each other's bars and then and then the other energy work that we do uh with the the esb the the symphony of possibilities and the the verbal processing i mean the tools of access consciousness truly not only has helped us to get through the grieving but it's it's created a situation where we're creating our lives for the first time ever and whereas none of the other modalities did that and so um you know i so i'm so super grateful for for what gary douglas has created and uh and what the dr dane here the co-founder have created and developed over the last 25 26 years because it's literally changed our family's life and it's giving us the space to create it even more magnificent than we ever thought was possible Mm. so there's there's you know (laughs) 
call find a facilitator in your neighborhood and uh and bottom because line, we're all over the place <laughs> seriously because these tools work i mean they truly truly work and i believe that these tools can move mountains and um and they can truly melt mental illness at the very least at least change that the scenario that you're currently in and shift it enough for you to find that hope again Wow. Both of you, there's so many things I could say to both of what you said. What I do want to do one last clearing on is any, what Eli said was, if any of you have ever blamed yourself, like I blamed myself when losing three people to suicide, when I did reach out and they didn't take my hand, let's just destroy and uncreate that and let yourself off the hook. And all the causal incarcerations, incantations, incarnations, incongruities, inconsistencies, and inculcations of blaming yourself for something that has nothing to do with you, but is a choice somebody else made to avoid of you. Let's destroy and uncreate that. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. My sincerest and deepest gratitude and thanks for the two of you for who you be in the world, for the contribution you be, for the voice that you put here on this Voice America show, for my listeners who I, you know, are like the wind beneath my wings that keeps this movement going, and for all of those that you've spoken to about moving beyond bipolar, moving beyond abuse, and and how to deal with tragedy um, in possibility versus in destruction. I thank you from the bottom of my heart and my soul, and I love you both dearly. Thank you, thank you, you, thank you. Love you. And my friends, we'll be back uh, next week. I got a couple of great shows. I'm talking with some other people about um, uh, moving beyond abuse in a different way with a a couple of men who are going to talk about their experiences with sexual abuse. So we'll have that show for you coming on in the next couple of weeks. I have another book launch that's coming out, a chapter in a compilation called I'm Having It. Um, which we'll talk about, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I thank you for your um, listening, and please take a look at the Clearing Lips Clearing Loop subscription, the Clearing Loops, the Clearing Lip, the Clearing Loop subscription from um, this program will be uploaded as well. So hopefully you'll join us in that and keep this show going. And until the next time when I speak to you, this is Dr. Lisa, and you've been listening to Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything. Thank you for joining Dr. Lisa Cooney this week on Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything. Please be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, make this week Yours. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.